live welcome everybody to the mando fan show thank you so much for joining us today on this wednesday evening wherever you are if you are watching live we appreciate that very much head over to the live chat it looks like it's pretty popping right now get in the mix get your comments in we'll see if we can get you up on the show but more importantly than that thank you so much for joining us today i'm john james and lacy with me as always and our guest <clears throat> take a deep breath here quite the credentials <laughs> a comedian writer editor and my teammate well former teammate it's a teammate forever on the movie trivia forever. showdown in the dungeon you can find him on the movieguys.net and the and the movie guys podcast among other things uh he is a fan favorite and soon to be yours mr adam <laughs> witt welcome back to the show adam well your first time on the mando fan show but second time yeah. with how you doing buddy second time with you guys Th uh, thank you so much i'm so excited to be here because you know there was a time where you just didn't have people to talk about Star Wars with. I mean, for real. You know, I mean, like, you grew up in the middle of nowhere. You grew up in Ohio or whatever. It's like, you know. James is in Ohio right now. Oh, that's right. There's so many people from Ohio. Where are you at in Ohio? Dayton. I was born in Dayton. We Did we cover yeah. this? Yeah, okay. Uh, we, it's been talked about loosely, yes. Okay. They're like, Dayton is the worst. I don't know who would stay yeah, there. Last time you were with us, you were filling our Dayton quota because James wasn't here. So you were like, yeah. oh, right. That's right. That's right. right. That's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, I was just in Dayton. But you understand, James, that uh, in in Dayton or just in you know in a lot of normal circles, it's this, this love of Star Wars we have, it's just not – that normal, you know, and you and you realize a lot of people are Star Wars fans. Obviously, there are millions of fans, but then there's the level on which we enjoy Star Wars, and it's hard <laughs> to find people like these fine people at this panel to talk for real about Star Wars. You know, <clears throat> unusually uh, well, well said. Well said. Yes, yeah, Star Wars wasn't always the most popular thing. Even I remember from being a kid, uh, you get shoved in a locker if you're wearing a T-shirt. But now it's like, oh, you like Star Wars? You're cool, man. So, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we're, we're very glad to have you, Adam. Um, for everyone who doesn't know Adam, uh, I have a feeling you're really going to get to love the guy uh, <laughs> because for his love of Star Wars. And, you know, in the day and age where sometimes Star Wars is combative and divisive and stuff, uh, chatting Star Wars with Adam uh, makes you uh, appreciate the fun stuff about it, including silly names and uh, among other things that we'll get into later on in the show, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have your index cards and whatnot ready for that. But, um, yeah, so There's we're a lot of new names about... now on the show. I'm so excited to yes. learn all the new names. I don't know them all yet. <laughs> I know, I know. And well, we'll have to learn every one of the Tuscan Raiders' names before the end of it. I believe it's... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about the Tribes of Tatooine, Chapter 2 of the Book of Boba Fett. A little bit longer than Chapter 1. Some have been out there saying they felt like maybe they should have put out Episodes 1 and 2, but uh, this is written by John Favreau, directed by Steph Green, not Seth Green. I saw some people tweeting Seth Green for some reason, but Steph Green and composed again by Joseph Shirley. Um, before we get going here, uh, James and Lacey, I, we have to let everyone know to like the video. Uh, if you're on Twitter, share the tweet, let people know we're here, share a link, just get everybody in here. We appreciate that very much. And uh, before we get rolling, we do have the new t-shirt, the Mando Fancho Season 3. It is available now at store.resistancebroadcast.com. Check it out. It is going to be available only through the end of our season, which is uh, going to be February 16th when we do our wrap-up show. So go grab that if you'd like. It's also available in uh, hoodies and stuff like that if you're in the frigid temperatures like I am in the Northeast, not like 
Adam. Though I've heard Adam, it's been getting a little chilly out there. It's a little. Chi- it's what we call chilly. It's not what you'd call chilly from Ohio. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm embarrassed to go. Hey, it was 50 degrees today in January. <laughs> exactly. <My goodness>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll get into this thing now. And what we always do to kick things off is rate the episode. So each of us will go around and give our number one to ten on the Tem scale, the Tamara Morrison face scale. And boy, does he have white, shiny teeth, this guy. So you'll see in just a moment. But uh, Lacey, you're going to kick us off this week and let us know how you feel about Chapter 2 of The Book of Boba Fett. So why don't you get the ball rolling and uh, start the trend. So this week I gave the episode a little bit of a higher ranking than I did last week, which I know is surprising to everybody watching because Mando, I was like, it's a 10, it's a 9, it's a 10. Mm-hmm. I'm being a little <laughs> bit more cautious with Book of Boba Fett only because I'm not the biggest Boba <laughs> fan, so I want to be honest. Whereas I feel like Mando's in, you know, Baby Yoda, I immediately was in love and like everything's a 10, Baby Yoda's involved, Grogu's mm-hmm. involved. Um, so I gave this episode a 7. I think it was a solid episode. I think it had a lot of good moments. Um, and a lot of uh, intrigue in the sense of it's building towards something. You know, you know something's coming. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that is. Um, but I felt like a lot of it was the flashback stuff. Um, and and I understand why they did it. And after I watched it three times today, which is crazy because it's an hour long. But I did watch yeah. it three times today. And I liked it more and more every time I watched it. So I actually oh, probably would have given this like a little higher ranking than when I ranked it first thing this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a good episode. I I like where the show is going and we'll get into like favorite moments and stuff, but I think all the characters are really, really cool and it's making me like, I think it's making me like Tem more than anything else. Like every episode (laughs) I'm like, he's killing it. Like he's living his best life, doing everything he needs to do to make this role Mm -hmm. the best role of ever. Uh, but it's also making me like Boba Fett more, which I wasn't the biggest fan. I'm sorry, Adam. Until That's, the whole hey. Mandalorian thing. But what was there to like before this? I mean, he is a, he's a character with he nine minutes of screen time. Hole. Yeah, he yeah. fell right. into a hole, and they made it a comedic thing. So I was like, hey, he's not really that cool. And with, then Robert yeah, with Rodriguez like a comes in scream. and was like, yeah. oh, he's yes. pistol whipping stuff. So, <laughs> so uh, on that theme, so all right, so Lacey's bumping up from chapter one. So we figure her ten is going to arrive probably next week. A full uh, one. I went from six. Didn't I? Oh, you were a six. six? That's or, right. Oh, I was a six and a half. I, think I thought I you were a six and a half. I had yeah. the lowest. Yeah, six and you, a half. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just being a, a, a difficult parent. You're like, look, I know you've. I know you did good. I know you got good grades, but you could do better. But you really liked it more than that. That's the way I went with my, <laughs> my review too. So, like, Adam, before I get into your score, uh, yeah. How? So you? He's your favorite character. So Absolutely. that has to that has to either make this a good thing or bad thing for you. But before I get into that, how did you become such a big Boba Fett fan? Was it the action figure? Was it the holiday special? Was it the Empire Strikes Back? What was it? It was all that stuff because uh, the 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 thing people wonder like how how is how does this character have such a big fan base with only six some minutes of screen time mm-hmm. uh, in, in the original series? But the, the key to that for certainly old school fans like me or old fans like me or old people like me uh, is, is that um, they offered, of course, the action figure. I mean, ge- talk about genius marketing. I mean, George Lucas just kills it with with the that you could send away proof of purchase for your action figures and you could could get 
uh, Boba Fett action figure a year and a half, maybe two years before <laughs> right. The Empire Strikes Back. So everybody's like, well, he only had six minutes of screen time. And I go, "You, he had hundreds of hours of adventures before we ever entered The Empire Strikes Back. And then right. when that character shows up, and even if, even if you didn't play with the action figure for a year and a half before The Empire Strikes Back came out, even if he wasn't in your pocket when you were sitting in theaters waiting for that <laughs> character to show up... Um, it, 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 that character is everything Star Wars is because the used universe thing about Star Wars is all over him. Where'd the dent come from? Where oh, he's got this this armor? It's all used, and he's That's got true. a Wookiee pelt and a cape. And you're like, you can see everything from all these adventures all over him. What's that symbol mean? What's that symbol mean? And then even at the time, there was rumors that he had stolen the armor, and like, well, where did he steal it from? Well, who has that armor? I mean, he just. Just like that used universe thing of Star Wars of having a storied history while just looking at an X-Wing and you go, oh, that has been around. And that that was the so Boba Fett really embodies the entire Star Wars ethos of the used universe, you know, and, and then they did the amazing thing of pulling him away before you got a chance to to even you know that character disappears he dies in turn of the jedi it's a chump's death we all admit but now that's yeah. now oh, yeah. that's been rescued of course because it has of this show. totally has right right but but you know just as, you, as soon as you get used to that character and you love that character he's removed so it's like that's it so now like it, it, i don't know it's just it's just cool it's like that character's past and future it's just all up to your imagination with the action figure so i love that and i was sitting on the living room floor when the holiday special came out and so watching the boba fett cartoon i mean i was i was a young kid sitting on the the floor looking you say what you will about the the holiday special and people do say what they will yeah. uh, but <laughs> I, that did not play for me as like a, I don't know, what was I, six, seven years old, just sitting there on the, the living room floor. Like Star Wars was in my living room. That did not suck. I don't care how much B. Arthur singing was in that, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, so I just, so just Boba Fett's always been that action figure and then just anything with him on it. I had all these, uh, you know, figurines and, and uh, little statues and things like that. And it just, just loved him. And I remember is- second grade, going to school, second grade, first day, I had a, and I still have it. I kept the cover of it. Boba Fett uh, was my uh, my uh, writing notebook. It had Aww. Boba Fett on it. And it's an awesome production photo that you don't see very often. And it was on the trading card, too, of Boba Fett with the gun raised. I mean, there were so many photos of him that were not from the movies, but he just looks yeah. awesome. And they just do him up awesome in this whole thing here. Yeah. So so you what did you give this episode, Chapter 2? Okay, now, uh, these are all tens for me, obviously, but that's no good for this show. So I, I, so I, I took it down just a little bit just so I could play the difficult parent that's like, you did very good, you got good grades, but you could do a little bit better. You know, you got to apply yourself. And also I know that the way they structure these shows is so perfect. I mean, the the sort of Kevin Feige, the sort of Disney, uh, the the Robert Rodriguez aspects of this is like, we got a lot coming up here too. We got some tens, some serious tens coming up. Yeah, so I could yeah. give the first episode a 10. I could give this one a 10, but I know a real tens coming up. So I get, went eight here. Okay. Even though I really, it's like, it's a good, it's, it's amazing what happens in this episode. It's amazing how much Star Wars mythology we get. It's, it's I, really... I, I, I vibe with what you're saying, but, um, I'm going to toss it to James now, uh, who was pretty harsh for for him on the first chapter. So where did you find yourself on chapter two, James? So, yeah, as as John was alluding to, I gave chapter one a six. 
Uh, and I was even that was even giving it a little bit of credit in the sense that I just I felt it was going to get better and this was set up. Um, this absolutely did get better, uh, and I landed on a seven point five uh, because my brain, similar to what you were saying a minute ago, what like I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, like some of the cameos in it make me want to be like ten, ten, yes, yes. Yeah. Like they were literally at one point alone in upstairs. I said this in the Mando minute. I was like going like this because I was like, <laughs> I can't believe they're making stuff happen. This is so can't nuts. believe it. But trying to take that out of it, I still had to respect the episode as a whole because you had the whole train heist and, and he went <laughs> from this to this. He had character arcs in his thing. It felt uh, what I give credit to Mandalorian season two, episode one is like it felt like it was its own mini movie. I feel like given nothing else and this, there's a lot in this episode that train the whole train heist and him, you know, becoming uh, who he becomes like all that is a story in itself. So I'm like, man, there's a lot to praise about this particular episode. Uh, and we'll get into all this details in a minute, but that, right. that's a huge jump for me to go from six to 7.5. Um, that definitely puts it square in the, like, uh, this, this was, this was good. I'm really happy with this particular episode. Yeah. What's a 10? Yeah. What's a 10? Give me your Mandalorian 10. Did any of those achieve 10? It's season two, episode one. Episode one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's my 10. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think know. I've ever given a 10. I haven't given a 10. I think I gave that a 9.5. Well, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I was like in the, I, I gave one like a 9.5. Because and I, think it, I was pushing that it's one. that whole like, thing. You give something a 10 and then something, something better yeah. comes out. You're like, now I have to go spinal tap on it. And no one wants to do that. <laughs> Got to go 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James, I'm with you. I went 7.5 also, which bumped me up a half from last uh, week, which I called sort of the prologue. Um, this and as it turns it, out, is just the format. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is a prologue," and like then this week they're like, "Oh no, that's the format. That's, that's, the, that's format the show." Of the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that like this one, it's I feel like these two chapters in how John Favreau tells stories is very deliberate, and he likes the slow burn. Uh, he likes the 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 thick cigar. He he likes to you know tell your story without just pummeling with with you every every episode so i get that and we learned that that lesson with the mandalorian season one um so he's sort of you know it's the favreau style of this type of storytelling which i enjoy um but i give it the seven five with the knowledge of knowing that this is obviously going to serve some purpose that later on when we're re-watching these we're like this is why he did this this is why he did that now i get this now i get that um and it's still a good score so 7.5 for me i'll get into more of my reasons why later but it's, it's that uh, yeah it's all the equivalent of of judging star wars a half hour in you're like i don't know it's a bunch of droids in the mm -hmm. desert i don't get it. it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere i mean that's really what we're doing here also yeah right an episode yeah, yeah an episode well, of a new hope would in be, the desert. i don't get it yeah c3po walking through the jundlin wastes you know yeah. that's it end of chapter one man not really going anywhere i mean that's right. kind of what we're doing here he just kicked r2 and he walked past the skeleton and, and then credits huh? yeah. yeah um no you're right you're absolutely right but that averages the four of us out to a 7.5. So that is yeah, our score on the, on the Tamara Morrison <laughs> face scale. Oh, I got um, that if we want to take a look at it. Let's take Boom. a look at it. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> look That's at those great. curly. They have veneers in a galaxy far, far away, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and now uh, our patron, our patrons, our patron score uh, was a little bit higher. They're a little more optimistic than us. That seems to be the trend of late. They gave it an 8.25. So there we go. A They're little direct. bit more Tamara Morrison on the scale there. So we have a couple of comments we're going to get into. And 
Lacey, I know we probably have a couple of super chats to get to as well. Um, yep. But our first comment was from Sean Santarude on Patreon, who said 7.5 for me. So right on par with TRB and Adam. He said a little too much time spent in the flashback, which I felt was a little slow paced, yet still interesting to watch. Love seeing the Hut twins and Black Chrysanthemum. Um, and then we have Ian Thompson, who said 9.5. Chapter 2 is fantastic and right up there with Chapter 3 of Mandalorian and some of the very best Star Wars live action. Mm -hmm. I have loved every minute of his time with the Tuscans. That train chase, wow. So those were the two comments from Patreon. I do have a couple from the chat, not super chats, but just like rating comments. So first we mm -hmm. have Semperfy Danny. Hey, Danny, who said, I gave it a 7.2. I felt like I'm not benefiting from not knowing... I felt like I'm not benefiting from not knowing legends, comics, books, etc. A lot of this episode went over my head not to rely on you guys to fill in the blanks. But th but none of this is from legends. This is all brand yeah. new. We also have Nerd yeah. Chronic who said 10 out of 10 for the Fett and the Furious sequence. Hell yeah. What up, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Eric. That's awesome. And I know that there's one more here that kind of made me laugh. It was definitely... I'm trying to find it. It was Brian. Brian, you made a funny comment. I can't find it. It was about how he said he only gave it 9 out of 10 because of CGI <laughs> Uh, huts. Oh please! You were so excited, with, you know. This, and this is such backseat driving, to, or backs, you know, or, or Monday morning quarterbacking as well. Right. As soon as the huts showed directing. up, everybody was so excited. And only later you go, mm, they could have made them puppets. Like, come on! But but in that moment when they showed up, everybody's like, "What's coming up?" Boom! And all the all the the, the drums start going, and everybody's like, and the way that the whole thing's directed I'll too. Tell you what. Yeah. It was like the most awkward Thanksgiving Day parade you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, but, like, you mean when their litter awesome. arrived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. that. I'm like, <laughs> I love. There's so many references. Like, oh, I didn't hear your litter or your your, your litter. Yeah. Like right. they keep saying that to Boba Fett. It's like you weren't carried in on a litter. And then finally, right. you're like, well, oh, I see who's being carried in on a litter. You know. <laughs> One of my favorite moments actually in the episode is when uh, the guy says that he's like, oh, I didn't see your litter, and it just cuts to Boba Fett because he has a mask on. There's no facial. Yeah. Like, recognition it's just that and it holds for like a beat longer than it should just so you get the moment that he's like it's almost like the <laughs> running really gag funny. of this show is going to be about why is neon his litter kind of like the shoe polish and clerks like <laughs> um but you know who is happy they use cgi huts are the eight dudes who had to hold up Thing. that was so great talk that about the guy that so pulled the, the best straw which was like i got to do the drum and the tablet yeah. <laughs> right exactly um, i love i love how that that thing was bowing in yes, the middle it was bending. yeah yes. <laughs> you're like these poor people you've never seen such a huge mass on and it's two of them something heavy to, to uh aid the performance Oh, yeah. Or they built it yeah, like they that. They built it. When they built it, they put something on it to make it bend. True, so but they probably it. still would have added a bunch of weight so that these guys are actually legitimately feeling like, something. Yeah. Yeah. Favreau and Filoni were laying on it. No, it has nothing to do with their weight. I just mean they were saying, like, carry us, peasants, carry us. Mm. Do you want to get um, some super right. chats? Yeah, before we get to the Easter eggs, let's get to some of the super chats. Yeah. First up, we have Nerdy Seb. What up? Who said, huge fan and excited to see where the story goes. I'm hoping to see Cobb show up. I would love if Boba would uh, give him the white prototype oh. armor. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That'd be cool. Now, for that anybody who doesn't know, because somebody you. somebody said they don't know the back history. Oh, do you have it? Yeah, the I, originally. I have the, like, ninja version. 
originally Boba Fett was going to be a super trooper, a super stormtrooper. Right. And so that's the original design was meant to be a stormtrooper. Oh, I see. You got the, the variant on that. Samurai, and they had yeah. no money. So they were like, dang. <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah. Cause they were going to build like a hundred of those or whatever. They're like, nah, right. just, uh, mm-hmm. we'll make it one guy. Yeah. Well, and good for he's Boba like, Fett. He's like, can I just do all of these like copy and paste, like in a computer? No, not yet. All right. I'll do that later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Next is John. What up, John? Who said thanks for the super chat? He said, with all the Tuscan lore being shown in this show, do you think we should uh, could see one unmasked? Love you guys. Thank you all for you do, for what you do. Do you guys think we're going to see one unmasked? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's something they're going to keep to the. Yeah, I, I would prefer well, they don't. A few years I ago, I would have said no. Comic where but... they like split one of their faces, mm-hmm. so like kind of show. Uh, how emotional they are underneath or whatever in a specific scene. So you can kind of see what's going on there. But, um, I, but I think you're right. Probably not. 25 years ago, they probably would have said, you know, we're never going to see Boba Fett unmasked. And now he's all... <laughs> yeah. I so. love how he's like been in the Sarlacc. He's been beat up. He's been in the sun. He's had to drink this like skunky melon water and yet he still has the most perfect white teeth i've ever seen in my life <laughs> it, it, yeah he has the best boba fett is the best dentist in the galaxy yeah. far, far away. next is echo base network what up guys who said did not like episode two but love boba fett and i'm holding out for hope for the rest of the season we really want to like this season by the end i think mm-hmm. that's you know that's totally fair you're not gonna love every single thing i mean there's episodes you haven't seen the whole shit, whole episode yeah they strong the story the Mandalorian season two, I hated the bug episode. Like I love Frog Lady, but I did not like that episode because I hate bugs and like horror and scary stuff. It, and I, is it mm-hmm. is it okay? Is enough time passed where I can admit I didn't like Frog Lady? Is that okay to do that now? <laughs> but Why it's didn't so you like her? I don't know. (laughs) Next up is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for the super chat. Who said, I feel like episode one and two were originally all one episode that aligns with what Rodriguez said about the spoilers in the second half of the first episode. I wouldn't be surprised if they split it up. If Disney said, look, we need eight weeks of content. And they're like, okay, we're going to give you six. And they're like, no, you're going to give us eight. Yeah. (laughs) And thanks for for all the super chats. Uh, Appreciate that Mm. very much. Um, And, you know, we haven't seen... Uh, Joan Jet biker girl yet either. So Robert Rodriguez is full of baloney saying that. Someone said that was things. me, and I was like, I wish that was me. No, it's <laughs> I not. thought it was you too, like Lacey. We got to get you a dirt bike. And if Lacey didn't tell me she was in this. <laughs> I wish it was me. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's get into the Easter eggs. Um, before we do that, shout out to WeirdBrothers.com. We partnered with them and made a coffee, the Resistance Brew. Uh, they are a small business out of Virginia. They love doing nerd-based themes to their coffees, and we what? made a brew with them called the Resistance Brew. So go to weirdbrothers.com, uh, check out the Resistance Brew. You're helping us out, and you're helping out a small coffee business down in Virginia. So we appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, now for the Easter eggs here, uh, are you trying to point at the coffee there, James? Is that what's going on? Yeah, I, it's normally up here, but I move stuff around, so I was like, "Where's it at?" It's behind yeah. my mic. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, zoom in. Um, so context isn't really key here. We just go around sort of naming things that were clear Easter eggs or references to other things in pop, pop culture, that sort of thing. And we'll go around until uh, we feel like we're, we've run the well dry here. But um, Adam, you are always pointing out Easter eggs in Star Wars and even things for movies I've seen a billion times. You're like, did you notice this? I'm like, nope, never. So... Is there anything from this episode that you said, oh, that is that? 
Yes, and I said I texted this to you, so I'll hold it up to the phone here. Uh, but um, yeah, this is why this is wild. Okay, so I mean, this and this this is me being an old school Star Wars fan. You know, when I when I was a kid, there were zero books about the making of movies except for Star Wars, and there were like twenty of those. And I had all of those, and I watched, I read them over and over and over. Uh, well, there was like one book about Jaws, but really not many. So uh, when I, when I when I saw this episode. This popped out to me. Let's see if we can see this here. Oh, hold on. Let me turn this off. Okay. So there's this shot. Uh, okay. Hold on. We're going to focus in here. They're, they're doing the stick. It's like the uh, mm-hmm. background of the yeah. right. That's That's where they go. Making. Oh, I oh, can't gotcha. get a focus there. But um, but anyway, if you look in the background there, you're going to see a, a certain formation. And that is the Ralph McQuarrie design of the Sand People from 1976. Oh, oh, I love it. Holy yeah, crap. there it is. Uh, sorry again. Yeah, so yeah. you can no, see you that. No, you got it. Yeah, yeah, and oh, oh, that's, oh no, that's I know just him. Boba yeah. Fett. That's, yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly. I'm so impressed that you remembered that. That's cool. and that's that's the thing. Re- looking at these books over and over and oh over. You know, you only God. had one movie, and then you you studied the hell out of that. Then they made a second movie to study the hell out of that. But so any of these things, and and I can point them out to you all over. You're missing the, the clout. You should do a thread on Twitter, Adam. What are you yeah. doing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could die. I could do a screen cap of that. Get that going. But but this happens over and over. If you look on crate, the turrets on crate are exactly a Joe Johnston design from Hoth. Uh, if if you look at, uh, there is a shot in the Last Jedi uh, of of uh, of of an X wing with a pilot in it, and I think it's uh, uh, what's his face, uh, but. It's it's this sort of like and you never got this shot in the original and it is a shot out of a poster of the the X wing cockpit with just the first part of the wing spreading out this sort of like pull the camera out about five feet from the cockpit and that's an exact poster I had as a kid but you'd never seen that shot in the movies so yeah I I, I pick up on all these little things like that's that that's one of the best that was my favorite scene man because, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you because usually we're looking for objects or a character, or a singular thing in a frame, and you're like, no, literally that whole shot is a Ralph mm-hmm. McQuarrie. That's amazing. Because I know, like, in Chapter 2 of The Mandalorian, or Chapter 10, the second of uh, Season 2, they did the well, Ralph McQuarrie with the spiders and stuff. But that was more of, like, a whole scene. This was like, yeah. this is an exact frame shot. It's amazing, man. Great job. Oh yeah, um, Rise of Skywalker and- X-wing shot or Y-wing shot too. Yeah, that's a that's from a Ralph McQuarrie as well. Yeah, good yeah. call on that. Um, okay, uh, who do I have next here? James, uh, do you have any Easter eggs or references you pointed out? I mean, so, some of, some of the obvious stuff. Top you know, that, I mean, James. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to. Uh, like some of the characters and stuff that show up that are like like Black Santon and stuff is like crazy. I, I, as far as like. Very specific ones. Um, uh, there's there's an obvious one. I'll let one of you guys grab it if you want. Um, but there was one I was looking up. What are the death, the great death pits of Durr? I was like, is that something we've heard of before or whatever? And I Googled it. And what pulled up Google correct was the great death pits of Ur. And they were uh, the, it's a, I wrote it down. Um, mass human sacrifices in ancient Mesopotamia. And I was like, that they, there's no way they, they accidentally came up with the exact phrasing, the great death pits of Dur when there's a real <laughs> great death pits of Ur. Right. Um, so I was, no, I they're making a reference. Yeah. What? They're making a reference. Yeah. Uh, they, they know. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. they know that, you know? 
It's like calling yeah, a thing sure. a rancor. That's, that's a word that means something, you know? I was yeah. like, so that is that's something very specific that uh, I don't think most people probably would have picked up on. And the only reason I did it was because I was like Googling it to see if it's something that had been referenced before. But they were these like crazy things where they were giving, they were sacrificing human lives and throwing them into the death pits. And they, <laughs> so I was like, it's weird, you know, you're, uh, you're saying that there's maybe something similar to that in Star Wars. Like he's kind of referring to that same style of thing uh that is happening yeah, pits in of grick right yeah pits of grick spice mines of kessel were smashed into who knows what like that's that they've done that in star wars forever i love that they just make a reference to kessel but we're not going to see kessel until solo but that's just a reference that's made you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right right um all right so this one i'm convinced is done on purpose and when I saw it, I was just happy because I was hoping to see something like this. But when they're when he's with the Tuscan Raiders and they're like preparing and he steals the speeder bikes and stuff and they're cleaning up their turf after getting shot up by the pikes, uh, there is at least one Tuscan Raider combing the desert. And there is I I swear that has to be a reference to Spaceballs because <laughs> it, it looks like a giant comb and rake and he's slowly doing it just like they're doing it in Spaceballs. <laughs> and it made me laugh. So it worked for me. I don't know if that was deliberate or not. I'd love to find out, but that's uh I didn't think about that. Out. I mean I saw that I saw that happen then. I didn't think about the space balls. We ain't found shit. <laughs> um found all right. Shit. Uh Lacey, what do you got? So here's one I actually learned about. We're gonna talk about it on Monday, but learning about it in the kind of interviews with Jennifer Beals is that her earrings are an Easter egg because they're designed specifically for her on like dreams she had while working on the show, like shapes and stuff that she saw in her dreams, the person worked it into the show. That is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, Adam, what else you got? Anything else? Uh, okay, so, and this happens twice in this episode, and again, I just, I'm laser focused on everything Boba Fett's doing, and I love the way <laughs> they treat him. Like you were mentioning earlier, like, he's got a helmet on, so you can't see his expression, but there's mm-hmm. so many times where something happens and you get that slow Boba Fett turn you know with that and that helmet is more expressive than it should be but my favorite (laughs) is uh and he does it twice in this episode and and I said this about the Mandalorian I'm like I could watch that guy walk down the streets of Tatooine all day just make one show just him but you know but there (laughs) when he walks into the can not the cantina when he walks in to meet the uh the hammerhead uh the mayor the mayor mayor yeah that that thing that you see him do in the back of Jabba's palace where he folds his arm over his blaster yes yeah Yeah. i I just it's done exactly like it it's so perfect it's so (laughs) deliberate he's so slow and chill and kind of nods when he does it yeah Absolutely. That they are nailing Boba Fett in this show. They're just yeah. nailing yeah, him. It's, that's like, that's just pure direction. Like, I, that's something yeah. that I don't think Tim would have done. But like, he's standing there and somebody comes up and he's like, you know what? Just one note. Uh, Boba Fett would stand like this. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, somebody it knows right Boba Fett that well. Yeah. Yeah. That they're like, this is how he stands. This is how he, you know what I mean? Because it's directed by huge too. fans, you know? All oh, the yeah. nods. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that expressive helmet. Oh, that helmet. That design. Oh, it just, <laughs> just makes me so happy. Um, James, you have any others? Um, yeah, I'll take it. We've, we've all been kind of given deeper cuts, so I'll go for another obvious one. Um, and everybody knows this. Ta- Tashi Station shows up yes. yep. uh, with with the cameos of uh, Cami and Fixer. Um, How cool which is that? Is interesting that is very cool. It was, it was something that, like, 
uh, I was seeing online when trailers were coming out and they were like, look at this trailer and then look at like, you know, this deleted scene, like this lines up and this lines up. That's gotta be. And I was like, there's no way that's not it, you know? And then they mm-hmm. kind of, there was another trailer where it kind of showed the people and they're like, Oh, you know, is, is there any chance that these are those people? And while they never said Tashi station specifically in the show, they did credit those characters, you know, at the end of the show with the names. So you're like that, you know, it's a, it's a hundred percent. That's totally what it right. was. So this is a reference oh, yeah. to, um, a, a rebuilt set and characters, uh, being put back into Canon from a deleted scene in a new hope. Right. It's like, and that's it's, crazy. It's and that's clear. on YouTube and stuff. If you guys want to check it out. So he talks to Biggs and yep. he, all this stuff is, it's pretty interesting. Like Tashi Station is not Radio Shack. You're not buying things there. So I don't know. Luke was BSing Uncle Owen. That's why he said you waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Ah, there's drinks there. There's yes. video games video there. Games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, true. So, so two things about that. I called my friend and I was like, it's funny that they don't. It's clearly like a bar or something. And he goes, well, we didn't see all of it. You know, we, it's very it's possible that they could have multiple like kind of right. sections of the store. And we related it to a store that we have in Dayton called Vaxxin Videos, and they sold video games and vacuum parts. <laughs> I was like, in ah! one store, like right next to each other, same <laughs> building, not not even next to each other, in the same building, just like so. Um, but I, I also saw online what was funny is uh, maybe the uh, a power converter is the name of a drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's funny. like, but I was going up to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> Waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Um, I like that. Yeah. Um, well, I have I have one that ties into that, and it is the tabletop video game because I remember being a kid and going to places like Ground Round and restaurants like that, Ground and Round. you could play Pac Man on the mm-hmm. table as like your way. And I guess that's a way to occupy your kids. So they're not driving you nuts when you're waiting for the waiter, <laughs> but it worked because I remember playing those games as a kid, those tabletop video games and their controllers were right underneath. Adam, you probably remember that. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, they, they, they made a comeback at one point. Some company would put like, cause you know, these video games now are they're like, a hundred megabytes or something, which in the eighties was like, Oh my God, get a super vacuum computer to right. to handle hundred. Me- but now like they make tabletop ones. You can buy at like furniture, some furniture stores yeah, actually yeah, sell yeah. them. They have like 50 yeah. games in them. It's like Ms. Pac-Man and Galaga. And all stuff. Right. So they started putting these in bars around LA and there was a, uh, uh, the powerhouse, uh, in in Hollywood, which is this uh, cr- crazy thing that there was this dive bar right on Hollywood and Highland where all the tourists are. And they had for a while, they had one of these tabletop ones. And I go in there all the time, like in between things, waiting for a train or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Now, but and here's the amazing thing about Star Wars. All right. So Star Wars, the the. the the movies rattle off a hundred things a second. So, you know, you see a, you see a, a Tuscan Raider in star Wars and then that's it. They're moving on to the next thing. That's how populated the universe is. And what's amazing about star Wars is until this week, we've never seen Tashi station. Right. <laughs> Except for the deleted scene. What a great idea. I mean, that's just so great. And what they did with it. I, I, I love that. Star Wars makes these references, you know, so it's a little cowboy. It's a little samurai. We saw lots of samurai and Mandalorian. They like really pumped that. that sa- but it's great because it's only kind of been a reference. When you'd read about Star Wars, you'd be like, oh, it's kind of a samurai movie. And you're like, what? I don't even get that. Doesn't make sense. And then if you read a little further, you go, oh, the, uh, yeah. the hidden fortress begins very similarly with two people like the robot, whatever. They get into all that whole, whole thing. 
the reference here, because, you know, and obviously the train heist is a classic cowboy thing. And Mando played up the cowboy, you know, walking into the, you know, within it's all the, uh, uh, you know, good, the bad, the ugly music. But what's going on in this Tashi station scene is the movie Billy Jack. If anybody knows the movie Billy Jack. And it was, but you know, you know the the reference I'm making because it was very popular at this time, to in the 70s uh, to have scenes, and it's a cowboy trope as well. The bad guys come into the bar and they start saying, "Give me drinks!" (laughs) Bang, bang, bang! You guys got to do whatever we want. That's also like Billy Jack is, is is a movie where a bunch of biker gangs take over town. It's also done in Ma- the original Mad Max. Biker gang takes over town, yeah. and a badass has to come in and and start kicking Terminator. some ass. Yeah. Terminator, yeah, Terminator, right? So like the guys coming in the bar, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It's like, oh, what is the poor bartender going to do? And then the guy, you know, the the badass comes in and takes everybody down. Mm-hmm. I just love that they did that. It was like Billy Jack. They do or that as a, like a role play in what's it? Westworld, where like you can play that character that comes in and saves the day. Oh, right, right. Like one right. of the first episodes, it's like, oh, I pay to be this person that goes. Oh, right, in. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally, they totally make that reference because it's Which a Western, also, Western I think town this as is well. Kind of a a loose Easter egg too, but I'll throw it out there too because you mentioned it. Like Terminator, also, like he walks out of the bars and he looks over the motorcycles and he takes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, you're right, you're right. He walks yeah. out and looks at the swoops and he's like. I'll take that one. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take all these. Take all- yeah, Roadhouse. Um, Somebody just said Roadhouse. Roadhouse, yeah. Um, uh, Lacey, do you have uh, any others? Yeah, so I I have a couple. A quick one would be uh, Snaggletooth with like a toupee is sitting at the gambling table, which made me laugh because it's like a really bad wig. I think they did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because in Star Wars – that's the same he also has yeah. a weird bit of in hair the, yeah 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 it's just so bizarre uh <laughs> and then show could be called oops all easter eggs yeah <laughs> and then the other thing is um the the first time i watched the episode when the train goes by i was like ooh train solo ooh train and then it ends up to be the pike and i'm like oh solo oh my god yeah it's the pike uh, when they open the window and you see them and you're just like i know exactly who that is first of all i yeah. felt really smart even though, like, that's not <laughs> yeah, nice. I was like, oh my god, I'm I like know exactly who that is. I know all the backstory. So when you know they show them uh, at the end, and they're talking about spice, and then they make the spice re- reference and the Kessel and the slave stuff, you're like, oh my god, this is so solo right now. I don't know if we ever saw them with their masks off, which no. I knew no, they had that's their masks. No. Yeah, to stay alive. That was shocking. Studying for Schmodown, I knew they needed their masks on to stay alive and like to breathe and stuff, right. especially on Kessel. Uh, but they're fish heads. Yeah, which yeah. Is a pike yeah. indicate fish. I'm pretty sure a pike isn't a type oh, of fish. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. You're right. Oh, so that's so funny. To the, the audio descriptive version of, of audio on Disney mm-hmm. Plus, and oh, when cool. the mask is come off, they they say they describe him as a catfish like face, and I was okay. like, that's accurate like i see that now i probably wouldn't have put that together but when the when the person describes it that way you're like that does look like a catfish he looks like a it catfish. literally looks like a fish on a body because it even yeah. has the tail in the back it's right. like a fish on mm-hmm. a person yeah. uh, but it was really cool to see and guys it's making me more excited about crimson dawn maybe showing up or here's like, the thing right just so- doing the checks with the you know john kasdan tweet from the original make solo two happen day where he showed all the different like hut syndicate blah 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 like we're just getting these checks now that you're like okay yeah. there's one you know that type yeah of thing. 
Yeah, and that's what we all thought when this was coming back. You're like, oh my gosh. Because like the idea that there was a power vacuum in Tatooine is had never occurred to us. Because right. Star Wars just moves on. That's the thing. Oh, here's Jawas. Now we're moving on. Here's Sand People. Now we're moving on. I mean, that's that's the right. that's the key to the movies. And that's why these things can sit in this mythology, which we... This is only like the third time we've seen Sand People. And, and you know, in like The Phantom Menace, you're like, oh, there's one. Ah, it's an Easter egg. And it, like, that's why I say yeah, the show is, oops, right. all Easter eggs uh but i uh but when we all first heard about this we're like oh my god that's right there's a power vacuum with the with the gangs and and this crowd i know is all like "Ooh, what are the gangs crimson dawn the pikes you know and this, here's yeah. the pikes and he and he messed with them and he pissed them off and they're gonna be back within oh, force yeah. like he's going to disrupt every gang and the yeah. the last episode of the show is going to be all-out gang war with the tuscan raiders now as his faithful army which is pretty yeah. cool yeah. there's that bill gill uh, my dad would be so proud that i knew that pike was a type of fish like, like <laughs> finally listened to anything i said because he's always it, like it, oh uh, back in these forests they have these animals and oh one time i went fishing <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. i said this when i was given my score i said there was some initial like stuff that i was like on the surface like it doesn't have any substance really to this particular episode but on the surface right. like throwing in a character here or there i like made me so excited that's because just in this episode alone we got huts Wookiees, Transdotians, Tusken Raiders, and the Pike Syndicate. And if you even want to throw it in there, we got like sleazy Twi'leks too. You know what I mean? It's like yep. kind of all the underground big name uh, alien species that you ever would want to see. And it's all in this 50 minute episode yeah, for television. It's, man. Just, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And some of those yeah. characters are making like first time appearances and stuff like like the Pikes revealing their face for the first time, Black Chris Santon making his live action debut. It's He's like from something I don't know him. Crazy. So Danny <gasps> Semperfy Danny actually actually oh, asked, yeah, I don't uh, know him. who is the Black Wookiee? Is he canon? Yeah, so he made so his debut he... in Darth Vader, Darth Vader comic. Oh, comics. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he was. Yeah, he was in um, those he comics, so cool. and then he's made a couple different appearances here and there. He's kind of one of the the comics go to characters when we like need another uh a bounty hunter type character and him, you know him and boba fett know each whatever. other they have history yes yeah and the the biggest history i'd say with a character that this person is involved with black chrysanthemum very involved with dr afra i don't think that necessarily means um that uh she's going to be involved or something but like when dr afra is doing the stuff that she's been doing in the stories they've told usually it does involve black chrysanthemum he's like Right. she's like his Wookiee like they sometimes they try to treat her kind of like a, a Han Solo character and like he would kind of be her like Chewbacca mm-hmm. um, but yeah he's he's a, a very popular cosplay um, and mm-hmm. uh, he's not as deep of a cut as Cobb Vanth like when people when they did that that was nuts because I was like I, I would have never expected them to pull that character but he With was Black on the logo to me for the yeah. show remember we talked about that there was a wookie on like the show logo for that's season a crew, one crew merch or something yeah crew merch uh-huh. yeah yeah and uh and but black chrysanthemum to me is like one of those characters that like inevitably i know this character is going to show up in live action and when they do it it's going to be awesome because people are going to yeah. lose their minds because he just looks he so looked great cool. and he yeah, is he a great. great character yeah. like so it, it i was i was just like pumped like 
when he when you see the back of his head i was like no way right it's yeah. happening like you just gave me two huts the twins you know and now you're just gonna like throw I this know. in there too. it's amazing i was just it was amazing I yeah i agree this morning yeah um all right we'll have to move on from easter eggs there were a, a bunch of others i'm sure like the look the engine looked like the pod race and the gauges and then that sort of thing and um pop them in as we as we go forward but we have to move on for the sake we of do time have some super chats by the way okay mm-hmm. do we want to do them yeah yes. okay yeah. first we have jc thank you for the super chat who said sending love and hype to trb from the back corner of the tashi station by the arcade machine <laughs> jumps out of the cat like a train conductor droid the droid definitely was like I'm at, I'm at, yeah, like, that was Bobby. the funniest part of the episode. Yeah. Fun that was great. In this episode, yeah. you you like forget about the the right. droid conductor. Thank you, JC. When I was watching it the first time, I said 52 minutes. Oh my god! And then the first 20 minutes goes by, and you check, and I'm like, I still have, you know, 30 more minutes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, next is Tech Stevo. What up? Thank you so much. He said, Did you notice the Binox the Tuscans were using were the ones Mando traded to, for passage across the Dune Sea in the Gunslinger? What? Well awesome. done. I didn't awesome. notice that, but yeah, you're probably right. Like, I just assumed they just had technology like that, but I, you know what? You're, you're right. So then, that, yeah, that, so that timeline must have happened after Mando season one, then, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. Next is Darth yeah. Spall. Thank you so much for the super chat. Who said the combing the desert is how they find the milk balls and the creatures like that giant frog. I think it's called a, isn't it called a Zorg? The frog. Oh, is thing? it? I think it's like a Zorg. I mean, Z-O-R-G. Talk, talk about a, a Easter egg reference too. That looks just like a. Uh, it is uh, the one from Jabba's palace. The thing that sits there, blah, 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 and it actually oh. lays eggs and stuff that Jabba would eat out of a container. Oh no! I, I, did, I didn't even know that. I was yeah. just going to say it looks exactly like the animation of uh, Ray Harryhausen, like oh. the the old uh, Sinbad and the uh, seven oh, the seas. Be- like, what's that? You talking about the Beast or? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like the giant frog that comes out of the sand and they shoot to eat it. Yeah, there's. I think it's a Zorg. Is what it's called. Zorg. Zorg or something like that. Like uh, Zorgs. Yes, <laughs> and then we have Ryan. Hey, Ryan! Thanks again for the super chat. He said we could totally get Crimson Dawn in a flashback while Fett deals with the butts in the present. I'm assuming you're thinking huts, but I'll take butts as well. <laughs> the butts. Ryan's like, no. Job of the butt. Job of the butt. <laughs> the best typo you've <laughs> ever had, Ryan. I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, hold on. Are, to you, your guys, butt. are you guys afraid of the butt syndicate? Hold on to your butts. <laughs> uh, next, we have BP four. YN3, thank you so much. You said, How about the female Shistavanen? I don't know who that is, uh, dressed in the same slave outfit as Leia. I didn't see that, but what is that? I feel Shistavan right is now. the Wolfman from the original Cantina. Yeah, it looks oh, like Oh, so I would just be like, It's Wolfman. <laughs> so it is Locks the... of Rock is the name of the one from Star Wars. Right. Like, yeah, that kind of looks like Weasel from Suicide Squad. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. like a bikini. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does Man. look like Weasel. Every once in a while, you just feel like a bad fan when someone throws out a term and you're like, I mean, there's just so I much. Guess to, she's wearing to, a bikini. No. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, all Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for the super chats. Keep them thank coming. We're going to get to them uh, as the night goes on. Yes. All right. So, real quick um the mando code i know a lot of you out there are waiting for this so it is our season long giveaway contest i'm giving away one number on every episode james is going to write it down because he thinks he has a chance to win this you cannot enter 
because you what? are a part of the problem. Please, um, it says be sure to drink your called. Ovaltine. At the I'm end sorry of to cut you off. A wart. <laughs> W-O-R-R-T. That's wart. not Zorg. Got it. A wart. A wart. I knew it was some weird org name. Big bad yeah. beetle warts. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so we're giving away number every episode at the end of the season uh, we're going to ask you to submit what your guess is on the correct order and what its meaning is um and you'll be able to enter to win the boba fett electronic uh re-armored helmet from the black series whoa Uh, so good luck to everyone there so this episode's number is two oh i got it i know what it is jot that down yeah you got (laughs) sure to drink your oval team Yes, exactly. <laughs> a little rummy commercial. All right, so um, how about let's go over our favorite parts of this. Uh, we've kind of been gelling everything into the conversation, so we don't need to spend like a half hour doing the full breakdown, essentially. Mm-hmm. But um, Adam, did you have a favorite single shot? Maybe the one you referenced with the Ralph McQuarrie, or did you have a, a single favorite quote or part? What was your single favorite moment of the episode? I mean, I think uh, I. I, I wrote down two lines from it. Here's the thing, you know, because you only have six minutes of screen time of Boba Fett in the original series, and yet we go, oh, that guy's such a badass, and there's a there's a chance that maybe he wasn't. He was just lucky or whatever. But, you know, he gets his man, he gets Han Solo, and all that sort of stuff. So when it comes to the Mandalorian episode where he returns, you're like, there has been a lot of buildup to just how badass this guy is. And, of course... That episode, directed by Robert Rodriguez, absolutely confirms that he just comes in and clears house. And my favorite shot of that ship exploding and him turning back to camera. (laughs) That is the best. I just, I mean, really, for for a guy who loves Star Wars, that might be my very favorite shot in Star Wars (laughs) history. But um, the, uh, the line... Your lives are a gesture of our civility is a really good one. And the line, uh, if he's not going to speak, he no longer needs his head. Oh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> Boba Fett is just so Boba Fett. They really are nailing it. And there's just a chance. And I think this is what people thought about the Phantom Menace is like, oh, what are the Jedi going to be like when we go back? And they weren't quite what people were expecting. There is none of that with Boba Fett. It's like, oh, as advertised. Oh, Boba Fett is as advertised. But uh, but the shot is him walking into the mayor's office and and standing there, you know, and you're just like, that is just so Boba Fett. I love it so much. Right. Excellent. Good picks. Yeah. Um, mine has to be just because of the effect it had on me was seeing the huts turn that corner mm-hmm. and uh, be, be brought in. And, you know, CGI be damned or not, whatever. It like you said at the top, Whatever. Adam. I, I was like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is insane!" Like, yeah. So, which is what everybody else that's complaining about CGI thought in the moment too. Yeah, because anyway. <laughs> you felt like, "Oh, he's gonna have to deal with this group and then the Pikes and probably maybe Crimson Dawn," and you felt like the Huts were done. They're in the past. And it's like, no, right. there's more, and there's twins, and they're not even close to done. Here they come. Who knows if Rada shows up now somewhere down the line? Like, who knows what's going to happen? But there were two huts being carried in on a litter. <laughs> and, it, and even, and, and you're just, you're sitting there going, wow, in that moment. And then a Wookiee walks up. And you're like, wow, my God. I know. Like, like, for as much as we like Star Wars, we're constantly going, that's right, Wookiees. That's right, right Jabba the Hutt. That's right. There's other, yeah. so much other stuff. It's so like good. You're seeing, you're seeing like a partial Beatles reunion, and then like Eric Clapton walks on stage. <laughs> like, and oh, you're that's like, oh, right, my Eric God. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? So good. 
James is like, not the Beatles, John, not the Beatles. Um, I do have to chime in here really quick. Michelle did yeah. bring up the I, the like a bantha. Like a bantha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big smile. With the funny damn thing is, is when that moment happened, I didn't see Boba Fett. I saw Tem. I was like, that's Tamora Morrison having fun on set. Like, I can't see Boba Fett being like, like a bantha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could have been improv. Who knows? That would have yeah. been cool. Oh, my God. So um, funny. Uh, Lacey, favorite shot or moment? Uh, my favorite moment, uh, I feel like I say this a lot, but to no one's surprise, is the beginning sequence where they trick the guy into thinking that the Rancor is down in the pit. That's right. I First was like, all, oh my gosh, right. Lacey's going to freak out. And then yeah. like, it didn't happen. <laughs> and you're like, womp, womp. Yeah. Uh, the so first episode, I said this to you guys. I was like, yo, Fennec Shand is sus. She's got a lot of stuff going on. She was very supportive this episode. And not mm-hmm. only that, she was hilarious. That first delivery of those lines by uh, Ming-Na Wen were so funny. I laughed out loud when she was She's just so like, good. when they bring him in and they're like, oh, you know, the droid 88's like, oh, this is the guy from the the, the Order of the Nightwind. And uh, mm-hmm. they're very expensive. And she goes, do you just pay for the name? Like, that's something that, <laughs> like, that's totally something that yeah. I would say, like, to be like, oh, whatever, you know, they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she drops them in there, and then we get that shot, which first of all is a letdown for me because it's in the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get a Rancor again. And then it's here. And I was like, womp, womp, I guess we're not uh, yet, at least. Um, They're around. And then uh, for her to be like, there's nothing in there. Like, I laughed out loud. I was like, that's yeah. such a funny moment. That's like, it didn't need to be funny, but it was funny because it's like it did its job. It got him to admit what he needed to admit uh and then just yeah she was really great this episode pulling on like the leash that she had him on <laughs> yeah yeah she was great without question probably the uh, comedic relief of the episode in my opinion see people um, know me too well i knew Lacey would mention the missing <laughs> rancor it's true yeah. it was such a missed opportunity <laughs> yeah it it was uh perhaps one day but it's a great um, reference because yeah we know the rancor is missing it got killed but right. I mean, they could they could have gotten another one in that time <laughs> or whatever. But it's 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 great. I forgot right. about that. Yes, Brian brings up the little like yes. white little like puffy mouse that he's using as a so sweat funny. And the thing's yeah, like, I actually wrote that down. I said using him. a hamster yeah. to soak up sweat. And the thing's like trying to bite him, and he finally eventually just throws it away. But like, what yeah. is that? What is yeah. that thing? Um, James, did you have a favorite shot or moment? Um, so my favorite moments I was debating back and forth because I really did enjoy that whole scene of the, the pikes and the face reveal and the whole, like, well, what does it look like? And, you know, going back and forth with them, like, and how he manages, uh, you you know, that's when he's like learning kind of how to be a crime Lord, which again, kind of surprises me that he didn't know what he was doing in the first episode. But anyway, um, but I have to go, it has to be the Hudson, the Black Chrysanthemum scene, but specifically shot, there is one scene of Boba Fett, you know, on this side of the frame. And then it's like looking past him as he looks at Black Chrysanthemum. This is as the, hut, the uh, huts are leaving and Black Chrysanthemum is just like staring at him. And he mm. just like kind of slowly walks off the screen like he's just ever watching him. And I'm like, he looks so good like so menacing like i think part of maybe why people i mean i know why people are talking about the cg huts thing but it i didn't think bother another me, thing actually. is like 
yeah. We aren't I, used to I CGI. I think they at this actually point. did a really good job <laughs> with their like little personalities and quirks that make them huts, like their little quick distractions and things. Like, I really thought they did a good job bringing those characters to life. But I'm saying those fully CG characters in relation to this this Wookiee that's like a hundred percent practical and real and and it looks amazing like sometimes i even think chewbacca like i can i'm like i can see like you know Jonas. like it, i can see his eyes or something but there was something about black chrysanthemum i was like that is all Wookiee, you know, man you that know what it is, is dude scary. because Jonas has to wear black around his eyes like batman and mm-hmm. the 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 brown fur and the black you can sort of see like there's the difference there with the black wookie it's just all lost in there yeah 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 that's probably right but like he i was looking evil. i'm just like it just looks so good yeah he, man, and he this, gave him like shot. whoever whoever's in that costume like uh, it'd be great if it was Jonas but whoever it was yeah. like was given the looks and doing it right and it was, that was very cool i agree so yeah um, the cg the cg huts i was pumped when i saw them I was kind of like, oh, CG, but it looks so much better than obviously prequel Jabba that we've seen before, which was just not ready for the technology at the time yeah, for what they the needed. Technology at the time. These ones looked great, um, and it got me excited because it's like, hey, they could bring Jabba back if they wanted to. Uh, but I hope that if they eventually do have more of a face-to-face situation where the hut is right in front of someone and they have the ability to do the puppet, they will. That's yeah, it. I like my huts not moving, so. By the way, I, yeah. I I wondered when the when the Pikes took their masks off, uh, t- took their masks off that they looked uh, very much like a Nemoidian kind of the mouth moving type thing. Up, it's like an upwards mouth, yeah. Yeah, you, so it, it looked it looked like a mask with works in it, but I have a feeling it's CGI made to look like a mask that you could nice. see the operation. Maybe I have a feeling oh, that I'm is not, CGI yeah. and nobody knew. Yeah. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Much at like, all on that. much like, uh, you know, uh, Yoda's original ears—they kind of wiggled a little bit because they were rubber. And when they went and did the CGI for Yoda, they were sure to include the <laughs> er- error, basically, of the of the wiggle, because otherwise it just wouldn't look you know, right. Right, yeah. or it hit its mouth. They didn't make him like enunciate a lot. It was still just the flap a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they tried to yeah. continuity. But I think, yeah. but I think those guys might have been CGI, but made to look like that sort of Nemoidian. I like, bet you're right, dude. It. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, really quick for Sarah, uh, the mm. twins, If because I noticed this the second time I watched it, if you look at them, they're sitting kind of like this, and then their tails are wrapped around each other. So yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. like they're together, but they're not. It's like the way they're arranged on that mm-hmm. platform, which those poor guys that have to carry them. I, I would like want to be the drum tattoos and the piercings, front. like those symbols and stuff. They yeah, have but like there. they're kind of sitting there, and then they wrap around each other, kind of mm-hmm. like yin-yang type. Yeah, but we would have we would have freaked out if it was just a hut at all. Right. But they, but they, they went right. a step further and had twin huts and oh, it's just like they, they just this movie they, this show just works so hard for us to love it. <laughs> and, and yeah, you, you've mentioned you've mentioned uh, earlier in this episode. Sometimes they just throw away lines and stuff. She goes, "The twins have uh, you know have uh, put in a bid for this area or whatever," and he reminds them. He says, "The twins are preoccupied by the debauchery of Hutta." You know, and it's like, 
what's that? What's what's yeah, what's what going on with that? And it's like, I want to know. Give me the comic. Give me the book. Give me the give, give me another show that that covers what's going on. Yeah, we've never there, seen the planet you know? they're from. They're strangers on. And that that was an amazing thing that they referenced too in the Sand People is that everybody on Tatooine except for the Sand People are intruders like the, the, the nativization mm-hmm. of the sand people. And we've, yeah. we've never felt for sand people. I mean, Mandalorian made some strides for that, but this made a huge, we've always thought of them as villains, never thought of them as the poor uh, natives who have now been, you know, uh, are being screwed with by right. all this technology and everything. That was a huge, big move Klieg, for Star Wars. Klieg Lars referring to them as mindless monsters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they killed and, Shmi for all intents and purposes, and uh, maybe now it turns out that Klieg and Shmi are the real villains of this whole thing. It's true. <laughs> something, something glad they're about. dead. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. I'm uh, glad you're yeah. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so this episode for me, it, it's interesting because I gave it a seven point five, but I feel like because I, I maybe I didn't rate it so high or like it so high is because again, like the first chapter. I loved what I saw from the present so much, t- the present time, that my mind kept wanting to pull back to that. Like, when are we going to go? All right, when are we going back to the present? This flashback is great. I like this. When are we going back to the present? And we never did again, nope. which makes you think if they flip-flopped it it's the and put the present time at the end, maybe that would have been a better payoff. But I think what they're doing, because of what they did with you know The Mandalorian came first, there's that five-year gap to explain, like, why did Boba Fett wait so long? And that's why they kind of got to tell us this. So it's not like, yeah, he just hung around for nothing. They have to give us something of substance. And that's kind of this character growth that he's going through with the Tuscan Raiders. So to this episode being a 7.5, so that chapter six and seven can be a 9.5. It's like, you know, you got it. You got, like you said, uh, Adam, you know, with a new hope, like maybe the first 30 minutes isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but because we got to get the slow burn with those characters and get to know them, the last 30 minutes were amazing. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, that that's what, how we have to kind of look at this. And that's why, you know, I, it's not my favorite episode. I really liked it a lot, but I know in the grand scheme of this book, it's going to have big payoffs in the end. I was thinking about that uh, this afternoon too, like how this episode played out with it being so much in the past. And I was like, well, here's the thing is like, I think the advertising for the show sold us on the idea that it was going to take place in this timeline. But had had the show been sold, hey, we're doing the Book of Boba Fett, and it's going to be about those five years or whatever, you know, seven years before The Mandalorian, and that's going to be the story, we would have been pumped about it. We would have been excited. So it's kind of like it's just because we're getting a little bit of a flip-flop or they're trying to do half. Like, it's not you don't get both it's you get half of both you get half in the future and you're getting half in the past both are exciting but i just don't think the past stuff was what people were expecting based on the trailers Uh, can i play devil's advocate to this argument yeah Yeah. who cares go ahead (laughs) so fucking what <laughs> I mean, what? I, I mean, I, I can fill the Grand Canyon with what people think things are going to be about. But you start watching the first. I mean, you know, a New Hope. You know, like wait a second. But I thought it was all going to take place in the desert on Tatooine with two robots, and now we're in space. I mean, it's like I, you know, I don't know. It's like who cares? It's Boba but, Fett TV show. I, true, but, I agree, we've talked about for years how he got out of the Star, Star Wars. Had no space. 
had no starships, had no nothing, and it was only the desert, you'd be like, okay, I think it's a movie about a desert. And then you're yeah. getting in there, you're like, what is all this spaceship flying around? I mean, it's cool, but it's not, it wasn't the idea that we were thinking we were getting into, which is yeah. him taking over the, the crime space and him in that particular outfit and everything. Yeah. But like now, that. but now, would you be surprised in the next episode <laughs> if some of it features the backstory? To, but you're no, not going to no. be surprised because now that's the format, right? Because we're learning yeah. as we go. That's why yeah. I think I, I think I was so surprised last week. I, I said a, a numerous times, I was like, I mean, it's fine, but it was also him digging in the sand for like, you know, a lot yeah. of this episode being tied up to a pole. I think it's going to go places. And this was the payoff for that because now he's not tied up to a pole. Now he's not digging in the sand. He's standing upright, getting training, becoming part of the people. All that stuff makes sense yeah. now. And it's payoff. Yeah. yeah. Like, just I think like it's just a, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a matter of, how, you know, how much time are they going to spend in the past? And I, you know, I've seen and I understand a lot of people saying like, yeah, they spent too much time in this flashback. <laughs> I want to see we waited so long for Boba Fett. We want to see us going forward with Boba Fett. And I appreciate that. And I understand that. Um, but like I said last week, this whole back to tank thing is he he's, looks like he's going to be needing that for a long time. And that's clearly the vehicle to these flashbacks. So I think we have a lot more coming. But I do think and hope if we have nothing a lot more flashbacks. happened in the back flashbacks, I'd get it. If nothing happened yeah. in the flashbacks, I'd get it. But right. but like everything happened in the flashbacks, you know? Right. And we're going to get flashbacks that may be a little more interesting in terms of uh, him interacting with people we like better than Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And not the but same, but maybe people love Tuscan Raiders. I don't know. Maybe people, Tuscan Raiders are their favorite characters. So it, it's, but, I'm what I'm seeing online, when, like when I'm reading comments on, on discussing this episode, it does seem like there are a lot of people that are like, thank God Disney finally is doing something right. Flushing out these characters and, and these stories. Sure. And stuff. Yeah, of course. I'm yeah. like, okay. You know, like it's just, it's, it's different. You know, some people like this and, and they don't like this boring flushing out of the Tuscan Raiders. And other people are like, get rid of the sequels, you know, get rid of this stuff that they can't create their own characters. Finally uh, doing We're stuff right by giving us the flesh out. Five plus hours on one character's story where a Star Wars movie takes place in two hours. They have the bandwidth to stretch things out. And, and, yeah. and that's the beauty of this format. Whereas in a movie, you're not spending 50 minutes on Tuscan Raiders carving a stick. Yeah, but you sure. shouldn't do that in in this. So I've um, kind of taken this series so far as this is a this is what Boba Fett really is. I I think that before this show, I had a very different perception of him, and then you see him in the Mandalorian. He's very brutal to the Empire, and you're like, I was one of them. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so savage. I love it. He's ruthless. And going into the series, I had a very similar view of like, that's what I want. But as we've gotten to know him, I really think that this series is him getting a second chance at life and and going about it differently. Like He never had a choice of the occupation he was in. He was created by his dad as a clone of his dad. He went right into being a bounty hunter from his dad. And you hear it multiple times in the present timeline of people being like, oh, you're a bounty hunter. And he goes, I'm not a bounty hunter. I mm. think once he left that Sarlacc mm. pit, he then changed his mind of, yeah. I'm not going to be this Oh, he came anymore. out a completely different person. Yeah. Right. That's what yes. I was pitching so last then, week, that, that, that it's yeah. kind of a, a death and rebirth of him. Right. Yeah. Like, as a and the moment mental... he gets those robes, which, by the way, I kind of laugh that a lot of people were mocking those robes in the Mandalorian of like, what is he wearing a dress under the armor? Like I saw a lot of that (laughs) last year. And I remember being like, it's clearly like a samurai, like 
kind yeah. of theme thing. The um, with, uh, yeah. Now it's even more ridiculous that people were mocking it because it's clearly this moment an occasion in the episode that he becomes this new thing like you said james yeah, he's like reborn rebirth, yeah. rebirth mm -hmm. into this character that i'm here to change things i see yeah. things are wrong and i'm not going to be on that side anymore it's kind of yeah. like the bill burr character of like you wake up and you're like i'm not gonna be a part of that side anymore because people are hurting enough that is is as it is what can i do to help and what can i do to use this time that i've been given out of the sarlacc pit again right. to to live the life yeah. i want to live and get back at the people that are causing so much hurt yeah well they're, they're humanizing they're humanizing the tuscan raiders which yeah. is something we never thought we would ever see no. but at the same time they're humanizing boba fett and... but i think it's a prime example of them the storytellers filoni and uh favreau especially because he wrote it but favreau filoni robert rodriguez all the people that are involved I think they're saying this is what you think of this character and these characters and this species and this creature. It's not that. And this is what the truth is. Yeah, because it's it's always a human story when it comes down to it. It's all about families and generations. And they're uh, hitting home on that with these flashbacks, like that whole tree thing we haven't even talked about. His vision. I was just about to say, right. you know how I know Which this was is a good episode? Wild. Because we've been talking for a little over an hour. We've yet to mention the fact that there's, oh, a, the lizard there's up a the scene nose. where a lizard yeah, goes into his nose. I hate it. Jim Morrison out into the desert. Oh, absolutely, right? Like a total peyote trip. <laughs> yeah. Classic, like they went Panther. native in so many ways. The it was lizard very king. Black yeah. Panther. He lizard wakes up and sees a tree. It was Lion King. Yeah, it was very... The, the nose thing, though. Oh, my gosh. I First of all, I hate bugs. Like little I, lizards. And I thought when things. that happened... That that was going to be one of those things like how L3 is now inside the Falcon, that that lizard's forever inside Boba Fett, like telling him where to go. And stuff. So when he shot you... that thing back out, I was like, all right, OK, cool. Like one of the reasons I could never get into Star Trek is because there's a moment in Star Trek where they put these slug things into someone's helmet. And then I don't even know what it is. I don't know what movie it is, what episode it is. I just know it's Star Trek because I watched it when I was so little. They put things in our ears. Yes, those. Oh God, oh God, I'm so creeped out right now. That moment has scarred me for life. I'm pretty sure it's affected me as a person. So when this moment happened, I was like, "It's Star Trek all over again." But when he comes out of it, he's like a whole new person. It's like yeah. it's a, they did the whole thing that way. It's so cool. The, the triumphant walk back. Like, and, yeah. That is my nightmare. Is Thanks. things you gave me a lizard? Cool. <laughs> and then he like goes in his nose, and he's like. I think I lost your lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he comes out of it too. The, 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 the lizard comes back out of his nose and he goes, I thought that was a part of the dream. <laughs> like oh it, no, it was up your nose the whole time. <laughs> and the, oh, the, the flashes between the, him in the armor and him not and him being wrapped in the tree and, and seeing, you know. Jerry Brockheimer's of, tree, if anybody gets that reference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the, going down the road and the lightning strike. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and like they, they clearly did some sort of CG manipulation of Daniel Logan and him watching yeah. his father take He's, off. That was amazing. As young Boba in the show. Yeah, because it's his you likeness. It just yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, but they also there's another kid who's like in, involved, but and it's a his double or whatever. Body they're double. Not crediting the kid, they're crediting Daniel Logan. So oh yeah, like yeah. So but how cool was that? Seeing him watching his dad take off on Camino. Oh, like, oh just... it just adds a layer to it adds a layer to the realness of it, man. Mm -hmm. It's so, and it's so sweet. Cool. They're doing like 
the the crashing of the wave and his hand comes out of the sand and everything. Like, yes. The way they were mixing was, the two environments oh, yeah. and stuff. That montage was so awesome. Yeah. The way it was yes. going. Yeah, that was that was like total art. That was amazing. It, it, was, it, it reminded me of the Force Awakens vision of Rey. And like, all these things are happening. You're not sure what's going on, but you know that it's, uh, it's one of those things you're going to go back, pause, watch every frame and be like oh my god that is happening while well, this is happening just a, it was an amazing segment in the show and really uh, yeah yeah that's yeah, what i said danny trip. it reminded me of black panther or yeah. like lion king like that moment of like going to another yeah, well they're Astral on the plane. dune sea and he gets this spice melange and he yeah and he's having his trip it's very <laughs> duny well let's let's try to look ahead a bit and speculate on what we think might happen next week in chapter three, because there's a lot that can happen. Obviously, the flashbacks have really opened up the floodgates of speculation in Star Wars. So, Adam, I'll toss it to you. Do you do you think we're going to spend more time back in the present? Do you think they're going to keep going with this past thing with the Tuscan Raiders? Are we going to see other things from his past? Where do you think we're going in chapter three? I'm assuming this is the format now that we that we explain how he got to where we saw him in Mando, because there's I mean. Well, technically, I guess they've completed that journey in a way because now he's in the the official close. So there is a chance that people might get their wish that th- this is not going to be any more flashbacks, that this was really like the first episode, like people said, an hour and a half movie, flashback, back and forth, back and forth. Um, or, or or I could see that uh, that maybe all of this prologue was could have been one episode itself and they decided to edit it in uh, and do it in the back to tank i'm not sure mm-hmm. but uh i couldn't have predicted anything in this episode so <laughs> i don't know if i can predict anything in the next episode except that it's going to be a boba fett tv show and i'm going to spend the entire time going <laughs> <laughs> i love it man so, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my prediction that's, as long as there's no more me, nose lizards right <laughs> i'm do with you, that um, too J- um the, yeah the, james the if they did i the, I'm, i think they're gonna keep it the tuscan stuff but i i would think it would be was cool if they did like one and two was like this portion of his life and he had flashbacks to then and it kind of told that story over two episodes three and four was maybe like something that happened around empire you know or something like that and then five and six was this other one and then seven was all like the, where we ended up because the ongoing storyline will be carried through all the episodes whereas these flashbacks could be like one and two three and four five and six you know and kind of separate it into kind of their own little like trilogy yeah um, i think that would be neat that's weird speculating of how they'll play everything out um but i, I imagine it's probably just going to be this the whole time um but yeah i'm i uh i've said it numerous times very happy with this particular episode and i'm i'm more wondering now like where's it gonna go like you see the huts and you see black chrysanthemum and all this and stuff and it just i love the feeling when it comes to star wars that i go i i feel like anything is possible like (laughs) it's true you know you say like when like all of a sudden Cobb vanth is on the screen and you're like i give up there's nothing that's untouchable (laughs) now you know, it's like Oops, all Easter any, egg. anybody yeah. from anything can show up. And that's I think that's almost like one of the things that we were missing from the movies is they kept it very core. They're like, they're not going to throw like Ezra Bridger is Snoke or something like that. But in the yeah. shows, it feels like anything can come out of left field and and it's all possible. So like all theories are, are go. Yeah. And what's cool is, you know, Robert Rodriguez went on the big hype machine, said every episode is going to give you a surprise or something. And 
so far he's been speaking to diehard fans because you know my brother watching this isn't going to be like the pikes oh my god the pikes where we are like oh my god the pikes so however people are like dialed he's dialed in he's dialed in (laughs) western however very much like our experience watching the original trilogy for the first time or whatever ones we watched the first time people who are watching without any backstory uh are exactly like us watching episode four i've never heard of a jawa i've never heard of sand people what's right. a darth vader what's a death star what's an alderaan what's it th- i mean so so it's like this experience must alderaan? be exactly the same way of like wow there's just a bunch of stuff in this world like it's a very lived in world so we can sit here and go hey it's the pikes but to other people there it's just like watching episode four you're like oh what's a jawa what's a pike i don't know right. but this right. world is very thick you know, so that's yeah. kind of cool. You that just even, described that, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know, there's going to be those people saying like, I thought Jabba was dead. And be like, no, that's, oh no. yeah. There's more of those. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Lacey, what do, what do you think's going on next week? Are we going to get that, that uh, crime Lord dinner table meeting? Finally, we're going to get the biker chick. What's going on in chapter three? More I, <laughs> you know, it's tricky because he, you know, Robert Rodriguez said that the t- teasers were all episode one and two, and I don't think that's the case. And I think that's why someone early yeah. had suggested it. Maybe they split these up differently than what they were originally intended to be. And I have to agree with them. I think that we're kind of unsure of where things are popping in because the Rancor pit shot was in episode two, not episode one. Um, if I was to guess, probably looking at the scripts, I bet it's, I bet it was three episodes. And all episodes were an hour and a half long, and it was three separate episodes or something like that, or four episodes, and they were all an hour and a half. And they split them into to smaller bites. How many episodes are there? Eight? Seven? Seven. Seven. Um, what's going to happen next week? Uh, I think we're going to get more present time. I, I think that this ep- these two episodes were really in the past, but I think we've gotten to the point now that he's kind of become this character with the robes and everything and we know where it goes from there we know that he gets the armor we know that he meets up with the mandalorian i think we're going to go into the present um i think we're done with the tuscan raiders but i don't think we're done with everything else because as we know from interviews he does go back to the time of empire strikes back he does potentially we could see Han Solo and Carbonite. Like we weren't, we're not sure here, but that'd be sick. I think we're going to start seeing kind of James had hinted at earlier, like points from the past from a different period of time. I think yeah. the Tuscan Raider start stuff is kind of done. Once he became that person in that that black cloak, it's kind of like okay, this is the end point. Right. Um, and especially the whole chanting scene at the end, like that kind of just solidified to me that they were like, okay, this chapter is ending now on right. to the next part of his life. So we'll see how right. that goes. I do think that he's going to have to handle the mayor and, uh, the creepy Trandosians that are like constantly looking with their creepy oh, yellow yeah. eyes. Look amazing, by the amazing. way. They so look great. great, but they also are super creepy because they're like everywhere on the street and they're all like. CG like that Ithorian is like perfection. Yeah. Right. I'm like, and I don't I, see yeah. anything in that that looks he like has some hair on him. He's, he's masky or computer generated. It just looks like an alien, like hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Vo- voiced by Robert Rodriguez. A lot of people were like, <laughs> yeah, that oh, was so cool. yeah, that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. I actually want to bring this up because it is relating to that. So thank you, Frank, for the super chat. He said, Hey everyone, I thought it was cool that the mayor had some kind of universal translator on him. 
Has that ever been introduced in Star Wars before? I can't remember seeing one. The only thing I can think of is Frog Lady. She used the translator oh, to yeah. translate. But I can't think of the thing that he had, which was like a thing. Well, there's an, there's an Athorian in the Bad Batch, I believe, that has a translator like that. So, And I, oh, what I love okay. is you hear the Athorian speak because when you watch the cantina scene, and by the way, enter more cantinas, Book of Boba Fett. I oh, love oh, every yeah. time they enter a cantina, spread the curtains. I'm like, oh, I'm just in heaven. But the Ithorian in uh, the cantina in episode four has that. You hear that. Yeah, like, underneath, yeah. underneath the talking. Yeah. yeah. Robert Rodriguez yeah. did a great job, though, because he has like kind of like a very charming, but like very robotic kind of monotone voice. I so was the like, way he did it, he was just like, so let me give you some advice. And you're like, oh, this is not going to be good advice. This is going to be bad advice. That's yeah. funny that you say that, because I kind of thought I was like, man, that is a good translating device because you would think like someone would speak with emphasis like do you or do you not kind of thing but then a translator would be like do you or do you not you know they're like it's not giving the emphasis i was like this translator thing is making it you know is giving the right emphasis on the words and stuff so there's almost a little bit of like delivery um Mm -hmm. that it is able to understand how he's saying it and recreate that language in that way but um yeah um like Lacey adam saying, I'm, like in a still kind of robotic way yeah. yeah adam i know i know you got to take off so uh mm-hmm. w- you know we got a little bit to go here but we want to let you go because okay uh you're a busy dude but i uh, overbooked myself today but yeah. i but I, I can't stop talking boba fett <laughs> but real quick, let let people know where they can find your stuff beyond, like besides the Schmodown, like movie guys, like plug, do a couple plugs, and then uh, oh. get out of here. Sure. Uh, Search the movie guys uh, on Twitter or whatever. We do a Monday show called Monday Movie Nonsense. Uh, Everybody on this panel will eventually be invited to be a guest because we keep going through uh, our friends. And uh, when the subject comes up that we want to talk about something like Star Wars, uh, we'll get you guys on there. But uh, yeah, check the movie guys out. Uh, We do a live show every Monday. So so check that out. And of course, uh, subscribe uh, to the movie guys on uh, any podcast app because we do a podcast called The Ford Fiesta where we cover Every I love that name. Harrison Ford movie in a row. And we're just starting to get up to uh, Empire Strikes Back coming up here. So, um, yeah. That's a big one. So, yes. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, one last thing um, I want to say about yeah. the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, what does the Book of Boba Fett episode two have in common with Halloween, Escape from New York, The Fog, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3, Death Becomes Her, and Jurassic Park, and Apollo 13? I don't know. Director of photography, Dean Cundy shot this episode. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That That is cool. cool. Yeah. Prestigious. Also, and big shout out to a friend of friends, uh, Dave Pasquese, who plays the uh, assistant to the mayor, uh, the the Twi'lek. Legendary improviser, perhaps the greatest improviser of all time. If you are interested in improv, uh, you can look up a show that he did with uh, TJ Jagodowski, who is a friend of mine. Uh, TJ and Dave uh, find it. They have like six of their shows for sale. And if you want to see an hour of two people going off of one word and creating an entire universe, they are absolutely the greatest improvisers of all time. So seeing Dave Pasquese in this and a lot of Chicago comedians show up in these shows too, which is really, really cool. I can't decide if I love that guy or hate that guy because he's like really good at doing a character that I hate. Yeah. Like like Ben Schwartz in, uh, in parks and rec or something like that. You're like, Oh, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I love or hate this character. <laughs> wow. Um, Adam, thanks for thanks for hanging with us, man. Like uh, I'm sure everyone uh, was proven why it's such a good time talking Star Wars with you. I'll talk Hopefully. to you soon, buddy. And, Hopefully. Uh, Sorry, I and... dropped the f bomb. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're allowed one an episode. So oh, you filled okay, our good. You filled our quota, oh, John McLean. Good. good. So you're uh, still PG-13. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we'll have you back on the show again soon, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, bud. Great. Thanks for the excuse to talk about Boba Fett. My goodness, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, Adam. <laughs> Later. Um, all right. So I guess we might as well head towards the end here because we, we have some you know, super we, chats. And we have to get to our QA. So whoever's standing by, patron patron standing by for a QA, we're probably gonna be a little late to that, but we'll get to you soon. We have our coffees, our beverages, we're ready to go. Uh but Leah, Lacey, what do we got? So next up we have Rock Lee. Thank you so much. You said you guys should notice uh you guys noticed Boba said he killed Jabba. Funny he lied, lol. I didn't, I didn't know that he this. said he killed him. I thought he said that he killed Bib Fortuna. I think that's what he said. Um, but if he said he killed Jabba, that'd be even funnier. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Ryan's Thank back you for again. Switch. Thank you, Ryan. Thank he you, says, Ryan. Can't wait to see to see Fett find Fennec wounded in the sand. Do we know why Fennec was on Tatooine in the first place? Maybe she was looking for Fett. I think she was hiding out. Wasn't she hiding out? Well, well she, she was, was sniping supposedly them. like, yeah, collecting the bounty. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mandalorian and all that, but she was hired by somebody. I, well, I'm curious. No, that might be a know, twist in this whole series on her. So what? Maybe what the, was she doing on Tatooine? What yeah. if the whole twist in this story is that someone who's an antagonist to Boba Fett in this show is the person who hired Fennec to kill him? That'd be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Then we have BP4YN3. Thank you so He's much back. for the super Thank chat. You. Who said after seeing uh black. How do you say that name? Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Uh, do you think yeah. this season will be littered with other famous bounty hunters? Yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yep. Is that supposed to be like the... key pain, but it's B pain? It's his license plate. He just wants everyone to know, just in case you pull him over, I'm the guy who was on uh, Mando Fan Show. That was me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, like, again, I'd be shocked. I think all three of us have said this on TRB. If like Cad Bane doesn't show up to just sort of like put closure on that sort of relationship or lack thereof, um, stuff like that. So, um, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week. I'm kind of with you, Lacey. I think we're done with the Tuscan Raiders because it felt like there was a finality there. He finished his journey with them, but the way Favreau tells these stories, the people he meets along the way come back around and i think they're going to somehow yeah. help him in, in at the end of the series well adam brought um, up a good point that he's going to have the tuscan raiders like at his back like yeah i think that's what's going to happen like, yeah it makes sense so i think i think we're going to spend more time in the present in chapter three i think we're going to you know see more of like that uh crime table meeting i think maybe we see that biker girl uh, I think other chaos is going to be happening and we're going to spend more time in the present and maybe, you know, we'll get some more flashbacks because he needs to be in the back to tank, but I think we're going to go elsewhere with the flashback. That's my guess. Um, did you guys have anything else you want to pop out there before we pop out? I don't think so. I think we went to a lot of, uh, in -depth I had one thing I wanted to pop out there, <laughs> pop it out. <laughs> no, I, pop it out. I don't got any, I don't got anything else. I don't think. Um, all right. Um, well, we want to thank everybody for watching. If you, if, oh, yeah, see, there he is. He does this to me yeah, all the sorry, time. I, I get going with my spiel, and then he, he does no, I know, this. I know. He does. And and it's not even worth it too, because I was like, other than the fact that it seems like everybody's saying, you know, Kira is a surprise, and I haven't solidified that that yet. But 
I will, I'm kind of jumping on that bandwagon a little bit that this does feel like they're leading to her showing up. That would be really cool. I haven't said I that yet on the show. And I'm like, I've been thinking it all the time, but I Which, haven't got it out. So I was going to Look, say Lacey, you said it. Now they have, we talked about the digital assets for Java's Palace. Now they have the, the modern assets. I was wrong us. about the fighters, though. The fighters are not Crimson Dawn. That and was a good fine. guess, but. That's that okay. Wrong. That's okay. But John pointed out, you know, that that like in Legends they had loose names and stuff, so they can play with all that stuff, and it could still theoretically be all right. There could by. be a loose tie as a. As I mean, a we thought the mayor the hired yeah. the guy, and it wasn't even yeah. the mayor; it was the people above him, you know. But we got we got the we got the HUD effects now. Uh, if Kira shows up, I actually think that's a good sign for more solo. So I'm very curious what happens there, but we're not here to talk about that. Um, but we are here to say thank you to everybody who joined us live. We really appreciate it. Thanks for spreading the word. It looks like there were a lot of people watching, so that's great. Um, of course, this is going to be on the audio platforms uh, tomorrow morning and will always be on the channel. So if you can't join us live, like I can't make every one of these, don't worry. It's always going to be here for you, but we appreciate it if you can make it live. And uh, either way, just watching or listening in general. Um, make sure you are subscribed to our show on your preferred platforms, whether that's Spotify or any other audio app, or of course, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. Uh, go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, Miguel did our written review on Star Wars Newsnet of this episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Go check that out. Go check out James's uh, instant reaction on the Mando Minute on the channel. And uh, TRB, our podcast, every Monday uh, and then, of course, live here on the Mando Fan Show on Wednesday nights and then uh, hitting your uh, podcast feeds Thursdays. And then once the Boba Fett show is done, Book of Boba Fett's done, we'll be going back to our Monday and Thursday rotations. Um, I want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. This show definitely does not happen without your support. So we want to thank you for that. We're about to go live again in a few minutes for our Q&A, which is Patreon exclusive. Uh, so a big thank you to everyone who supports us there. If you have the ability to please consider supporting us tier start at two dollars a month patreon.com slash resistance broadcast uh special thank yous to our patreon generals and spice runners our generals carmelo andrew staley jeremy myers john reese jetta rosewater paul olson oliver lewis frank grande joe ritchie darth hurricane john charlton nick kratz christian morales brian smith matt chitty nathan shank danny our newest general and val trich hey. our spice runners david probus neil shaw double c chris Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you all for your support. Next Wednesday, uh, we'll be joined by Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained to talk about Chapter 3. So we're very excited to have them joining us on the Mando Fan Show next Wednesday, January 12th at 9 p.m. East. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, available on your preferred podcast app. Uh, James or Lacey, where, where can people find you? It's our Wednesday. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Thank you, James. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. All right, thank you again, everybody. And from the three of us, thanks for watching, listening. We'll see you next week right here on the Mando Fan Show. We'll see you around, kids.